enormous box, a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? What's said Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike, and this here, Pandora's Lunchbox, is a show about food and culture. Every Thursday evening at 6.30, looking for connections between the little words between the lines that are about food in songs and poems and stuff, and picking out songs about food out of the air and putting it all together and then getting confused. Well, let's get started right on that right away. I'm going to talk a little bit about musings about David Bowie and food in a little bit later, in a little bit of the later on the show, when structure of sentence start falling is apart. In the meantime, my stove's in good condition. I just wanted to let you know. I've had it checked for double entendres. It's all cleaned out. So here's uh, here's a song.
Did I say I checked that for double entendres? Did I mention that? I did, didn't I? Right. So that was My Stove's in Good Condition by Lil Johnson. She also did a wonderful song called Sam the Hot Dog Man. Also no double entendres, I promise. My Stove's in Good Condition was recorded in 1936 in Chicago. Uh, Lil Johnson on the vocals. Black Bob on piano. Big Bill Brunzi on guitar and an unknown individual on the string bass. And uh, that was quite wonderful. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. And, well, I've been thinking a lot about David Bowie, as I'm sure many of you folks also have. And one thing that occurred to me was, if, there, if, this, if the word relief could be used in this case, I was kind of relieved that I didn't know ahead of time that this was coming. There was no tabloid splash of, this is happening, it's happening, terrible things happening, and to make it all tawdry and stuff. It happened suddenly, and it happened, it was very sad, and it was very unsettling, and and that's how it should feel, I figured. That's just how I, I was on it. Well, I've been thinking about Bowie and food. I often think about food, and I often think about things like that. Well... Uh, of, of the many things online about Bowie, I, I was able to find some food-oriented facts about Bowie. Actually, one of the observations I heard on NPR on Monday was from Reeves Gabrels, longtime collaborator and close friend with David Bowie. He said, the picture I have in my head is of him cracking up in the studio because he was because we just used to be able to make each other laugh. He said one time they were trying to find an interesting sound for background vocals in the studio, so they decided to cut out the bottom of a water cooler jug. Reeves said, when you're not using a power tool, it's a fairly lengthy endeavor, but they got it done, and he said, David's shoulders were narrow enough that you could put it over his head, and they put a microphone in the spout end. Reeves says the funniest part is, we got done, and it sounded horrible. So they probably had some good laughs on that. Other thoughts on Bowie and food from The Independent. Did you know David Bowie refused to drink English tea? When he was five, Bowie's parents took him on a Thames boat trip where he drank tea that had been stewing for seven years. It says seven years here. I don't know if they really mean seven days, seven months, but it says seven years. It was so awful that he hasn't had a cup of English tea since, though he was partial to Japanese green tea. The pub where he launched his career is now a Zizzy restaurant. Who can forget Zizzy, right? If you're looking for a relatively low-effort way of paying homage, you can always go and order some Italian food in the place where David Bowie launched his career. It's now a Zizzy restaurant. Out of HuffPo, there was some more. When Bowie was performing in Oslo, Norway, and during a tour in 2004, a fan threw a lollipop onto the stage, somehow landing it in the artist's left eye. Most likely, the fan had no intention of striking Bowie and meant to toss the candy in adoration. Apparently, lollipops are nicknamed Love on a Stick by Norwegians. Love on a Stick. But still, the lollipop incident forced Bowie to stop playing during his third song of the set. In joking anger, Bowie called the person a creep and a bastard, but then claimed he now had to do an even longer show. Too many cheers. So, Bowie and food. I asked some fellow WCBNers for some ideas about uh, food, and uh, Liz came up with under pressure, you know, like a pressure cooker, perhaps. You know, and an uh, Alabama song is another one that I came up with about that last whiskey bar. 
although I was not able to find the CD in the studio that contains it, so maybe we'll play a snippet of it off of YouTube and just get a little taste for it. But a suggestion given to me for Cactus by David Bowie sounds quite succulent, and so we're going to hear that, as a matter of fact. This is a song by the Pixies, which David Bowie did a his own version of, off the album Heathen, in 2002. We're going to talk a little about Cactus in a moment, and then, but first we're going to hear some Cactus. So listen closely, be careful not to get your ears pricked now, but do prick up your ears. Sitting here wishing on a cement floor Just wishing that I had just something you wore I'd put it on when I go lonely Will you take off your dress and sell it to me? was mighty fine there. That was Cactus by David Bowie. Thank you, David. Thank you, thank you for everything. And that was from the album Heathen from 2002. David Bowie got the email from a fellow WCBNer. David Bowie has left this planet. And turning around in my head, I, I kind of thought, could this mean something other than what I think it means? Could it be that I'm interpreting interpreting this wrong or right? Or and it was... Uh, Quite a lot of processing of it, hasn't it been? 
Well, let's talk a little bit about cactus, shall we? Arwolf has sent me a nice uh, link about cacti. Open, oponita. That's a special word. Our new word of today is oponita. This is from succulent-plant.com, which I consult very often. All oponita species are edible, non-toxic, but some species are easier to use than others. Two parts of the plant are edible. The pads, nopalitos, and the pear called tuna. Hmm. The pads are vegetable and the pear is fruit. Okay, this is blowing my mind. The state of Texas named the prickly pear cactus as the state fruit slash vegetable in 1995. Texas A&M in Kingsville, Texas, has done extensive work on a cultivar designated as the 1308, which is spineless, resists cold weather, and contains less mucilage, which I hope is pronounced that way. While young, young Oponita pads contain less mucilage, some work has been done on cactus mucilage as a possible dietary supplement to increase soluble fiber intake, which has various health benefits. About 40,000 pounds of pads come into Texas each day from Mexico, where they are available in any large grocery. They are spineless varieties and are they are spineless varieties and are available already washed and diced or as whole pads. The fruits are often made into tuna jelly. I'm getting my head's wrapping around this that there could be a part of a cactus called tuna made into jelly. Is it animal, vegetable or mineral? You decide. Cactus pads contain large amounts of vitamin A and C, and also a fair amount of B vitamins and iron. You used to have to go south of the border down Mexico way, as the old song says, to enjoy nopales or cactus pads. Burritos have found their way into our kitchens, so have tamales, refried beans, tacos, and hot peppers. Now we can also enjoy the soft but crunchy, tangy, and silky textured nopales right here at home. If you don't like the slippery taste of okra, I do. Nopales may be for you. If you are willing to sample this interesting vegetable, which is sometimes a fruit and sometimes a tuna, choose medium-sized firm pads. Avoid purchasing limp, dry, or soggy pads. Wrapped in plastic, they should be kept in the refrigerator for several weeks. A little bit about cacti here. Now, going back to Bowie and food for a second, as any great musician should be able to do, he has produced some wonderfully misheard lyrics, and I'd like to take a moment in the spirit of David Bowie laughing in the studio and remembering by Reeves Gabrels to ponder some of those. Well, first of all, we have from the line, from Moon Age Daydream, the line, press your space face close to mine, love, which according to one book I have was misinterpreted as precious, spacious nest of mangoes. Mm-hmm. Precious, spacious nest of mangoes. Well, we all know in, su- in Suffragette City, which I used to think was Zephyr Jet City when I was a kid, Zephyr Jet City, there's that line which some people claim to be, don't lean on me, man, because you ain't got time to check in. But we all know it's don't lean on me, man, because you ain't my type of chicken. Let's test that out, shall we? Let's give it a listen. Don't lean on me, man, because you ain't my type of chicken. Listen closely.
what did I tell you? Don't lean on me, man, because you ain't my type of chicken. But you are my type of chicken, and I'm glad you're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor and WCBN.org and Pandora's Lunchbox. And, and yeah, so it's 6.47 p.m. in the evening, and at 7, it'll be Arwolf and Face the Music with some wonderful music. Many, many wonderful songs, primarily from the first half of the 20th century, I believe. And uh, I think Arwolf has something to tell. Yes, Arwolf. Hi, Mike. Hi there. Um, I've had so much fun hearing you say the word mucilage tonight. I did say that correctly, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, you could have said mucilage, but anyway. No, mucilage is it, man. Um, no, I just wanted to let the people know, since you brought it up, I'm going to open the show tonight with a waltz published in 1896 by Scott Joplin. It's a six-minute waltz by Scott Joplin. Very majestic. Wow. Wonderful. Thank you. And that's Arwolf and Face the Music starting at 7. Now, I don't know if agave is cactus, but it is a desert, a desert item. And we were talking, it's a succulent, much as cactus is a succulent. Thank you, Arwolf. Because this just in about agave, this in the Ann Arbor News, an instrument made from an 80-year-old U of M agave plant's stalk will be starring in a concert. Is it going to be singing, Hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime gal? I don't know, but... If you remember, the University of Michigan's Mathai Botanical Gardens had an 80-year-old agave plant. It should have been long been dead, says Jeremy Allen, before it flowered in the spring of 2015, but it survived. By the time it reached maturity, the plant was 80 years old and had exceeded its life expectancy by about 55 years. So I got a chance to look at the beautiful, tall agave plant. They had to open up the sections of the ceiling of the greenhouse area there so they can let the plant poke out into the world. And now the plant is gone, but says here in this article from the Arbor News by Jeremy Allen, the University of Michigan wasn't content with turning the stalk of agave into a decorative carving to be displayed behind a glass case. Michael Gould, professor of music at the University of Michigan and a performer and scholar in the field of drum set, contemporary percussion, performance, and, and such, had a different idea. He and Michael Gould, no relation to the U of M's Michael Gould, a different Michael Gould, teamed up with folks at Mathai to help turn parts of the 22-foot stalk into a shakuhachi flute, a shakuhachi flute made from the stock, and there will be a concert Saturday, February 6th at 7 p.m. at the Botanical Gardens, the Mathai Botanical Gardens on Dixboro Road, featuring a shakuhachi flute made from a 22-foot stock of the late-lamented agave plant, which was at the Mathai Garden. They are also planning on turning a part of the stock into a didgeridoo. Okay, so we're going to have an agave didgeridoo, and I'll try to keep you up on that because, you know, food made into instruments is a beautiful thing. There is a—I believe there's a whole vegetable orchestra, as a matter of fact, and I believe that is, in fact, true. This is—we're going to take a swift left-right turn here, and now we're on a totally different story. We're going to get back to music in a moment, but— Campbell Soup says it supports federal legislation that would establish a national labeling standard for products containing genetically modified ingredients. About three-quarters of the company's products have GMO ingredients. The maker of Pepperidge Farm Cookies and Prego Sauces says it will withdraw its support from various groups and coalitions that opposed such labeling. Labeling over genetically modified ingredients has become a contested issue in recent years. 
states have tried to address the issue. Vermont passed legislation requiring food makers to disclose when their products contain GMO ingredients by July. Campbell Soup says it opposes having a patchwork of state-by-state laws that it believes would confuse customers. So if a federal labeling standard is not established in a reasonable amount of time, Campbell says it will label its own products to disclose the presence of GMOs. Interesting developments. Yes, indeed. Now, poor David Bowie hit by a lollipop stem, and yet he turned out just fine, made lots of wonderful music. I'm going to dedicate this song to him, I believe. Is this the song? I believe this this may be the one here. This is another another song from the album we played earlier. We played a wonderful song called My Stove is in Good Condition. I believe we're going to hear a song called Lollipop. Let's see what happens if I do this. Anything? No? The CD is quite... Here we go. Willie. Oh, give me a little of that, honey. Oh, no, keep your nasty hands off it. Why, honey? Now, I want something I so want bad. I want your nasty hands on it. Why, honey? Because it's mine. I ain't gonna give you none of my things. Oh, give me a little bit. No. Just a teeny weeny little bit. No, now. Why? I'll tell you the reason oh, why. Well, well, let me know, sugar. Now, listen here. Willie Brown. Mm-hmm. Ain't no use. You keep hanging around. You want it? I sure do. <laughs> oh, it looks so good. It do. <laughs> I wouldn't give you a piece, honey, if I could. No, no, Mary. What? You is making me blue. Why, Willie? Cause I can't give none to you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll play ring around roses, even play hopscotch. But I can't give you none of my lollipops. Yeah, you can. I know Fanny's got one. Yeah, she got one. And thinks it's fine. It is. But I bet you, nickel, baby, it ain't as good as mine. I don't know. You know Tommy and Johnny mm-hmm. and cute little Joe. Mm-hmm. Why they wouldn't go to school till I give them some more. Yeah. Now, and if you try to take it, I'll call a cop. Cause I ain't gonna give you none of my lollipops. None of my lollipops. Look here. What? Uh-huh, honey. Uh, give me a little bit. I ain't. Look here. I'll give me a little bit. No. I'll give you a nickel for it. I ain't gonna give you nothing. Oh, just a little bit. No, I'm gonna tell my mom. Oh, I don't care if you tell your mom. You give me a little of yours, and when I get some, I'll give you one of mine. I don't want yours. Huh? I don't want yours. Well, I want yours. I'm going to tell you why, honey. Why? Yeah, I'll tell you what you do. <laughs> Look here. I'll play mom and papa until it's night. Oh, will you? You can beat up my Oh, goody, goody. If you treat me right. But here's one thing I'm guarding mm-hmm. with all my might. Yeah, honey, and I can see good and well that you sure is sitting on it tight. Yes, sir. I ain't gonna give you none, so let me be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm keeping it for myself. It means so much to me. Well, honey, give me a little old candy. Uh, let the argument drop. No, cause your lips will never touch my lollipop. No, Not this mama's lollipop. lollipop.
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from an album called Raunchy Business, Hot Nuts and Lollipops, and it's just delightful family music. That was Lollipop by Hunter and Jenkins. And this is Pandora's Lunchbox, five minutes away from 7 o'clock, so five minutes away from Face the Music with Arwolf. And I've got a little bit of news for you. This is actually very important news. A brewery's beer featuring a baby on the label now has official approval in Michigan. The Grand Rapids Press reports the breakfast stout label was pulled in August and replaced with an empty chair and a note and a note that the oatmeal slurping child had left the crib for a bit. The change was made after a Michigan Liquor Control Commission investigator discovered the label was not registered with the state, despite the beer having been sold on shelves for about a decade. It's made by Grand Rapids-based Founders Brewery. The newspaper says the brewery was fined $300 and removed all bottles of breakfast stout from its tap room, but they weren't pulled from store shelves. Founders now has the okay from the state. The label and bottles made a comeback in December. So we now again have a brewer's, brewery's beer, you can say that when you've had a few. A brewery's beer featuring a baby. A baby's brewery's, baby's brewery's beer. So now you know. And there also, one more note. For, this is the first time ever this has happened. The first ever federal regulations for large-scale fish farming in the ocean have been issued, opening a new frontier in the harvesting of popular seafood species such as red drum, tuna, and red snapper. They mentioned tuna now. Remember, tuna can be a part of a cactus, or it can be a tuna. It's all very confusing. The new rules allow the farming of fish in federal waters off the Gulf of Mexico. The rules have been in the making for years. They were announced Monday in New Orleans by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association. Fish farming is contentious, with fishermen and environmentalists warning it could harm the marine environment, though. So, food news and trying to keep you up to date on everything here, there, and everywhere. Well, thank you for listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a fairly long time, at least a half an hour now, remembering David Bowie with some music here. And unfortunately, I was not able to procure the Alabama song by David Bowie. Perhaps next week I will play that. A rather jaggedy version of a well-known song performed by The Doors and Dave Van Ronk and many others. But because that song about finding the next whiskey bar is not in the station, I'm going to give you a substitute song about some bad, bad whiskey to get you out of here. So here's Amos Milborn and Bad, Bad Whiskey. You've been listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor, also WCBN.org. Keep on listening. Never stop doing that. Arwolf is next. <laughs>
gave the boys a slip before the night was over. I started in to sip bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey, made me lose my happy home. My buddy had a party, the cats were on the loose. We started out with soda and ended up all juiced on bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey made me lose my happy home. My baby's gone and left me. So sad because the blues have got me, and I've sure got them bad. Bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey made me lose my happy home. Thanks, Mike. That's so much, uh, so much more, uh, shall we say, relaxing than maybe uh, Winona Harris tune on the same topic. But there's room for everything here. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 is the frequency. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, student-run experimental radio from the University of Michigan, U of M's longest-running. Listener-supported alternative education experimental community outreach program. That's what CBN is. And you can try and quote me on that, but maybe we should just listen to some music instead. Face the Music mainly deals with the early and middle 20th century and sometimes even before the 20th century. Exhibit A, we've got a, a waltz a nice long waltz that was published in 1896 is written by Scott Joplin. <laughs> ¶¶ 